0: when things are shifting we're going to be a new world order we've got to leave it program is brought to you by friends and partners of In Time Headlines. All right, what's up everybody? It is Monday, January 16th, and we welcome to tonight's broadcast. This is In Time Headlines news and headlines from a prophetic perspective. So I want to share my heart a little bit. Um, We've got some stories that I do want to cover. They're all going to be based on the same topic tonight. And I I want to stress the importance of, and you've If you guys have followed our ministry for any length of time, you know that I have spoken multiple times on the importance of preserving a generation for the Lord. And what do I mean by preserving a generation to the Lord? Things are changing uh, in the body of Christ uh, we know that culture is going to shift, it's going to change, society is going to deteriorate. Uh, we know this, according to the Bible, uh, looking around, perceiving what we see around us, what we're experiencing. We, everybody knows this, but the one thing that should never change, the one thing that should remain stable, remain uncompromised and make their face like Flint is the Ecclesia, the body of Christ. And unfortunately, what we're seeing happen and what we've seen happen, and it's not happened overnight. This has been a, uh, this has been a progression uh, over time. This is something that has happened uh in, The last 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, and it's just a year after year. Literally, uh, we got to a point where we were seeing uh, a decade later, you know, a decade would pass and we would see subtle changes in the body of Christ as far as um, standards, values, the message of the gospel, the authenticity of the um doctrine and the power of christ and 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 everything that's centered around the early church and as far back as the blueprint of the new testament but now we've got we're accelerating to a point where it's no longer looking out decades ahead now it's literally year after year after year for example 2022 does not look the same as it did in 2021 In twenty one twenty twenty one, 2021. Does it look like it did in 2020? And I believe, uh, and we're going to show you this today. We're going to point this out. There is, I believe there's, uh, there's markers or there's points that has happened. And you could go back and you could put your finger on that marking point. You could say w- when that event happened, it, literally put the the falling away of the church, because this is all prophecy, by the way. You could literally, when that one event takes place or took place, it's almost like it went into overdrive. And what would normally take a decade to achieve, as far as the decline of the church, literally only took 12 months. Uh, for example, let me. Uh, I was going to go on a different route, but we can shift things around here, and we'll we'll talk about this as we as I feel like the Holy Spirit's leading this. <clears throat> a third of Americans, according this is a new survey that's been done, have stopped going to church. Now, again, I understand that in in our audience of our podcast, we get people all over the world, not just America, but. Again, I don't have access to information as far as uh surveys, research, and I don't have ears to the ground per se overseas as I, as I do here in America because this is where I live. So today, we're going to again we're going to put the spotlight on the American church, the westernized, we could say the westernized church. This is from the Christian Post, a new study on how the COVID nineteen pandemic. Now, of course, they're going to say that the COVID pandemic is the catalyst event. Remember, I told you well a few minutes ago that there you could go back and you could look at these these situations or these events that took place, and it's almost like it put everything in hyperdrive. So. For sake of argument, let's just go along with what they're saying here, because I'm going to interject my own opinion here, and I'm going to give you what I believe is the truth of this. Not so much COVID. COVID was an excuse. COVID was something that literally just, uh, if I could use this in this example, you could have cockroaches in a home and not know they're there because they like to come out in the dark. And at night, so you get up in the day, you're in the day and you don't, uh, you don't see these things and you don't even know you, you, you have them. But then in the middle of the night, you're thirsty and you wander in the kitchen to get something to drink. And you can probably walk through the dark because you know your house, like the back of your hand. So you go in and you flip on a light in the kitchen. All of a sudden, boom, you see a cockroach in the corner of your house. Now, thank God we don't have cockroaches here, but, uh, I've been in, I've had the unfortunate privilege to go into some places uh, that we, uh, that some people that we knew, very impoverished. You know, you see this stuff when you minister to people online and, or, I mean, uh, when you go door to door, excuse me, when you go to door to door and you minister to people, you visitations or whatnot. And anyway, let me get back to the hand. You flip on the light. There's a cockroach in the corner of the kitchen. And of course, we all know when the light comes on, they run and scurry and they try to get away from the light because the light exposes them. So I believe in this incident, the covid pandemic was simply the light that was flipped on and it and it exposed a situation that was already rooted at hand. Now, what is that thing that's rooted at hand? We're going to talk about that. According to this study, the pandemic, and I do the air quotes, the the lockdowns impacted church attendance in the U.S. and has found that roughly one in three Americans now say they've stopped attending religious services. Again, according to uh, a new survey, By uh, American Life, a project of the American Enterprise Institute. Now, according to their survey, all the people they surveyed, they've come up with this figure of one out of every three individuals that they surveyed are now saying, now think about the the magnitude of this, are saying they are no longer attending religious service, brick and mortar services in person. And they say it stems from going back to the lockdowns. Now I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this right now, not every church locked down, not every church shut their door. And that's going to bring out something I'm going to bring out in just a minute. But watch this. The pandemic lockdowns distributed religious participation for millions of Americans. Uh, I'm sorry, disrupted. Let me correct myself. The pandemic lockdowns disrupted religious participation for millions of Americans. According to the study, Faith After the Pandemic, How COVID-19 Changed American Religion, Again conducted by the Survey Institute in the summer of 2020 only 13% of Americans reported that they even attended in-person worship services which increased to 27% by the spring of 2022 so we see that there was a slow a slow progression of people starting to come back but it's nowhere like it was but the rates of worship attendance were still lower than they were before the pandemic and subsequent lockdowns, according to the survey. In the spring of 2022, 33% of Americans reported they never attended religious services. Now, this was last year. 33% of those surveyed said they never attended a brick and mortar religious service compared to 25% who reported this before the pandemic. So we see this increase of 8%. Now you say, well, that's not really a lot, but it is on a grander scale. The largest declines in attendance were seen among adults younger than 50 years of age. I want you to remember what we're saying here. The largest attendance of these declines were seen among young adults younger than 50 years of age. So that's my generation and younger I'll be 46 years of age tomorrow on the 17th of January. So I kind of fit in this category here and this age preference here in this group. Adults with a college degree or less, Hispanic Catholics, black Protestants, and white mainline Protestants. Again, this was made up of those who they surveyed. However, the largest increase in attendance... During these two periods, were seen among adults ages thirty to forty nine. So then, that puts me back in this group: adults with less than a college degree and black Protestants, conservatives, adults, conservatives, adults age fifty and older, women, married adults, and those with a college degree were more likely to, uh, to attend than were other groups in both periods. Much of this decline in attendance was due to people completely abstaining from worship. So, again, I know a lot of churches and pastors don't want to talk about this because this is kind of the big elephant in the room. Among other things that are happening that the mainstream media is silent on, that the news media is silent on, and even Christians are silent on. And we can't get, and I can't spe- be specific in what that other elephant is in the room because I want to keep this broadcast on the air. But there is, <laughs> there's definitely other elephants in the room that people don't want to talk about. They want to sweep it under the rug. They want to ignore it. They want to act like it's going to just go away. But friends, listen to me. People are not coming back to church from the pandemic era. Now, uh, let me, there was another article. um, This one I found interesting. This was from Prophecy News Watch, uh, and I believe this is a redistribution of this as well because the original source of this was from uh, Kenneth Chan of the Washington Stand, but nevertheless, I want to read this. Americans who are young, single, or self-identified liberals have long experienced declines of religious memberships, practice and identity. But here it is again. The COVID pandemic appears to have accelerated those declines, pushing out those who had maintained the weakest commitments to regular religious attendance to a new study. I absolutely 100% agree with what this assessment is right here. Let me read this. The pandemic did not entirely scramble America's religious landscape. Rather, it accelerated existing trends of religious decline. Let me say that one more time. The pandemic did not entirely scramble America's religious landscape, but rather it accelerated existing trends of religious decline. In other words, let me give you my interpretation of this for people who already were looking for an excuse not to go to church, just found their greatest excuse to stay out of church for people who did not want to participate in gathering together with other believers just found the ultimate way out and let me say this if an if a virus is powerful enough to make you run from the church run from corporate worship and fellowshipping with other believers, friend, you are in a world of trouble. If we see some of the things that many of you believe that the church, the body of Christ is going to experience in the near future. Now, some of you based on your theological stance believes that the church will not be raptured and you're going to go through the tribulation. So I want to talk to you for just a moment. If you just so happen to be tuning in today by podcast, or you're watching this program and you're one of these individuals who took advantage of this pandemic to stay away from church whether that be a small group whether that be a house meeting whether that be a standard uh traditional brick and mortar church or quote-unquote religious uh, service then if if a virus is able to keep you home you will not stand in the days ahead when this thing gets a whole lot worse. Because I'm going to tell you something. Persecution is coming to the shores of America that is greater than a virus. I'm talking about real physical persecution. I'm talking about persecution that our brothers and sisters overseas have experienced for thousands of years that America and the West has been comfortable enough to dodge the bullet for all these years. But a friend, it is even at the door, it is knocking at the door and eventually it's going to go beyond the outskirts of the door and it's going to come right in your living room. What you say online is, is being monitored. It's being recorded. It's being, it's uh, the, the eyes of Big Brother are watching and listening. And I'm talking about, I'm not talking about persecution as somebody dislikes you or unfollows you or unsubscribes from your website, your post, your blog, your Facebook page, your ministry page, whatever the case may be. We're not talking about that kind of persecution. We're talking about to the point where you will be hated by all men by all men for my name's sake persecution so i i believe this is a prelude jesus said in the last days there is going to be a separation process of the wheat from the tare from the sheep from the goat and i'm telling you this i believe this virus was like a sickle That went through the body of Christ. And it was able to cut down and mow down the chaff, not the wheat. The wheat are still strong. The wheat are still standing. The wheat are still praising and still worshiping and still obeying the word of the Lord. They're still going strong. They're still gathering together as they can. Now, look, I. I, and I understand you say, well, Brother Ricky, there is no church where I live. There is no organized group of believers where I live in a home church, a cell group, a physical church. There's no one here because everybody's watered down. Everybody's passive. Everybody's been sold out. Everybody's lukewarm. And they're full of doctrines of demons and devils and wolves and, and goats. And listen, if that's you, then you get a pass on this. We're not talking about you, but I'm talking about the majority of people are not even bothering to even get plugged into a body of believers. Why? Because Satan, the mass media, deception, all this deception has cradled you to sleep, made you lukewarm, and you're losing your fire, losing your passion for for God and for the things of God. Why do you think the Apostle Paul said, Even more so as the day approaches, you are not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together because we need one another to encourage one another to come on, build up one another to iron sharpens iron. I need you and you need me. We need one another. And Satan knows this, so he's using these tools and these situations as an advantage. But like, I'm telling you, this is like a sickle that went right through the body of Christ. Or another example, it's like a crowbar that the enemy used to pry people out of the body of Christ. Now, but we've got another problem on our hand. It's not just this. Because I want to, let me give you, I want you to step back with me. And I want to give you a panoramic view of what's going on right now in the body of Christ. This is a wide-angle lens, pan- panoramic view of what's happening in the body of Christ. Again, we can either face this head-on and accept what's happening and do something about it, or we can ignore it, bury our head in the sand, and it's going to cost us our children and our grandchildren. Now, what do I mean by that? I was when I was putting this message together, I thought of Joseph. Joseph was a mighty man of God. Joseph, we all know the story as a little boy, as a young man. Joseph had a call on his life. God would God showed up to Joseph. God gave Joseph dreams. God was showing Joseph prophetic things about his life that would be fulfilled in his life. And he gave it through him through dreams. And Joseph, though he was a man of God, he had much wisdom. He was full of the Holy spirit. He, uh, many times he would, or at least a couple of times we know of, he made some foolish decisions. One of them was he, he, uh, he was, he had a lot of zeal, but he didn't use discernment. And because he was zealous, because he was excited that God's using him. God gave me a dream. God showed me things about my future. So he thought he was safe. Come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You think you got your safe zone, that you can share prophetic dreams and things that God speaks to you in private. You think that you are safe. You would think that you'd be safe to share these among your friends, among your trusted family members but joseph found out the hard way that even his own blood could not be trusted his brothers and even his even his uh his parents was not excited about his future because it offended them and his brothers were offended who do you think you are you think you're better than us and listen we all know the story most of you guys know the story They became so offended, so jealous of Joseph and the favor of God on Joseph's life that they plotted to even have him thrown into a pit, killed and even sold into slavery. So but listen, here's what I love that God still used Joseph, even in the pit. Even as a prisoner falsely accused god still used him god still blessed him god still uh used his gift to set him among great men that's what the book of proverbs says and we saw that fulfilled in joseph's life he goes up before pharaoh at that time it was the pharaoh over egypt at that time under joseph because pharaoh had a dream joseph gives the interpretation of what the dream is, gives him instructions on what to do to survive and to keep all of Egypt from perishing from a famine. And because the Pharaoh that was in leadership at that time, or was in the, was in, was the king of Egypt at the time, because he heeded Joseph, he promoted Joseph, blessed Joseph, and because he um, he obeyed the instructions of the Lord through Joseph, not only was Egypt spared, but Joseph's family was spared. Now, then we fast forward. What, now, what are we talking about? We're talking about generation after generation after generation. Then we get over into the book of Exodus. And now we know that the children of Israel here have been in bondage for 400 years under captivity to Egypt. Night and day, 400 years crying out to the Lord for their deliver. See, now, why did this happen? Because again, over time, watch this. We, we, we get deeper and deeper into bondage, into captivity, into darkness, into immorality. Why? Because when we begin to lower the standard, who am I talking to today? What, come on, what, come on, daddy, mama, who am I talking to on this podcast today? When we lower the standards, we, we expect, you think that something good's gonna come from lowering a standard. You think something good is gonna be produced from compromise. You think something good is gonna be produced from, come on, from becoming lukewarm and passive and complacent. When we have children that are looking up to us grandchildren that are looking up to us the next generation that are depending on us and looking up to us so here we are we now we have the time joseph is coming gone and now the bible says in the book of exodus chapter 1 verse 8 now there arose a new king over egypt who did not know joseph in other words this king Time is gone. Generation after generations come. Now we have a new Pharaoh who did not know Joseph. So he didn't understand. He didn't know that Joseph was a man of God. He didn't know that Joseph was used by God to save Egypt out of famine. He didn't know these things. And he said, well, what has this got to do with anything, Brother Ricky? Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Generation after generation is coming and going and going on to be with the Lord. And these previous generations had a walk with God that I'm not seeing in this this generation that's coming up. They had a prayer life that we, they had a prayer life that I don't see today. It, now there is pockets of it, there's remnants of it, but it's not prevalent like it was in the church t- 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. They had a walk with God that we don't see today. They had a lifestyle of fasting that I don't see today. They had a testimony. That I'm not seeing today. They experience signs, wonders, and miracles in the midst of them like I'm not seeing today. Now, what happened? Did God stop doing miracles? Did he stop healing? Did he stop doing performing signs, wonders, and and miracles, and raising the dead, and casting out devils? Did, Did God change his mind on prayer, and fasting, and giving, and church attendance, and faithfulness? No. The answer is, we have lowered the standard we have compromised we have watered down the gospel now when i say we i'm not talking about my kids they are innocent in this they are not to blame the their parents and your parents and my parents are to blame and grandparents oh you didn't think I was going to get up in your business today you thought I was going to come in here and give you some prophetic word on how the last days are here and perilous times are here and the falling away is here and you was going to hoot and holler and shout because I was going to tell you that when you begin to see all these things coming to pass you look up and lift up your head because your redemption is drawing near these things are not uh, untrue these things are true and they are correct but that's not what I'm hanging my hat on today what I'm saying is I don't know how long The Lord's going to tarry. I don't know when that trumpet is going to sound. It could be tomorrow. It could be today. It could be tomorrow. It could be next week. It could be three months from now. It could be three years from now. It could be 30 years from now. Every generation has believed with all their heart after studying the scriptures that they were going to be the generation that was going to be alive and remain when the trumpet would sound and the dead in Christ would rise first and then those that are alive and remain would be caught up together with those in the clouds and forever be comforted with those words but we know that generation after generation has come and went and is gone and many of our fathers, forefathers, grandfathers those that before us they have died in Christ and are now waiting for the the, the trumpet and the resurrection. And here we are today, and I'm telling you, I want to speak to every parent. I want to speak to every grandparent that's listening today. We have an obligation to expose our sons and daughters to the uncompromising, unwatered-down unadulterated, spirit-filled, doctorally sound, Gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm talking about these signs shall follow those that believe. I'm not talking about just signs and wonders. Listen, believers are not supposed to be following signs and wonders, but signs and wonders are supposed to be following believers. So listen, I the days of and I I tell everybody this, I will tell you this because I'm an open book. You guys know how I roll. I am not going to be A part of a church, a body of Christ, a denomination, whatever, that is on a hamster wheel that day in day out week after week going through the same motion same programs getting the same results wandering the mountain for 40 years never going into the promised land now what do you mean by that i'm talking about they never see a miracle never see blind eyes out open never see demons cast out never see people getting delivered not seeing the the the, the sinners radically saved not seeing people sanctified not seeing people baptized. And the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues and the gifts of the spirit operating in the church. Yes, just in case you didn't know, Brother Ricky is not ashamed to be a spirit filled on fire Bible believing believer. I believe if the Bible says I can have it, I believe it and I have seen it. I have experienced it and I have operated in it. And I refuse to be operating in something that I tell my kids in a past memory that they're not seeing manifested, exposed to and are experiencing in their own life today. Come on. I don't know about you. Listen, I, I don't get excited about a big following. I don't get excited about how many po- partners. Listen, I love all of our partners. I love you. I do. And you know, I do. But that is not what drives me. That is not what gets me up and gets me going in the Lord. I'm going to tell you when you're 14 year old, you're 15 year old, you're seven year old, you're six year old, you're five year old, when they begin to lay hands on the sick and they see them recover when they see demons cast out and they they know unequivocally when they are pressured by people in school, by universities, by liberal theologians, by liberal professors that there is no God. They can laugh at that and say you're too late because I've seen and I've experienced too much to know that the devil is a liar and God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Come on, do I still have a remnant of mothers and fathers and grandparents with me today that you say, I'm not going to let the television raise my kids. I'm not going to let the tablets raise my kids. I'm not going to let universities raise my kids. I'm not going to let liberal education raise my kids. I am going to raise them up in the admonition and fear of the Holy ghost. He said, well, I didn't expect this today. Well, Listen, you're either going to love Brother Ricky or you're going to hate Brother Ricky. That's this, There is no middle ground. I know people get on these podcasts and they give these elegant talking points and they never raise their voice. I've had people message me and they're like, well, I love your message, but I hate your delivery. I don't like that you get excited. You get too loud. You get to... Listen, I'm going to tell you something. I don't believe that you can stick your finger... And a, in a, in a, and a power source, like a light socket, and you just say, Oh, isn't that wonderful? I got a little goosey, bumpy feeling on my neck. No, I'm telling you, when you experience the real Holy Ghost, it wrecks you. It shakes you. Come on. It ruins you. No wonder Jeremiah said, I, Cannot contain God's word. I cannot contain God's fire. He said it's like a fire that shut up in my bones, and I cannot contain it. No wonder the Apostle Paul said, "Woe is me if I don't preach the gospel." We're talking about a guy who wrote fourteen letters in the New Testament. He, whether in the body or out of the body, he said, "I don't know," but I was caught up into the third heaven. We're talking about a guy that was stoned and led for dead that was left for dead in the city of Lystra, but was raised up by the power of God and saints that knew how to touch God and touch heaven and raise the dead. We're talking about a guy who was led out of one uh, one building in a basket. He was stoned. Uh, he was stoned. He was left in perils of fasting, perils of hunger. He was beaten with rods, beaten with whips. This guy experienced everything. He came out of a shipwreck, went up on the island only, to get bitten by a viper this guy went through all of this stuff no wonder he said i was the he said i was the religious of the religious i was on the next i was the next man in line to be the high priest of israel i had all the education i was well known in the torah and in the in the talmud But yet after all of his education, all of his wisdom, all of his knowledge, he said, I count it all as dung. That's what he said. He said, all that don't matter. He said, I count it all as dung. But just to know him and the resurrection of his power and the fellowship of his suffering. Now, how could a man make this statement? Because this is the same man who had an encounter on the road to Damascus that wrecked him for life. He could never go back to normality, never go back to complacency, never go back to religious institutions. Who am I talking to today? Guys, listen, I will fight tooth and nail and move to the ends of the earth and, To keep my sons out of religious institutions that are going to make them dead, dried up tombs and sepulchers full of dead man bones. I'm telling you that right now. I refuse to be a part of any system or denomination that is that does not see and is not experiencing the move of God, the fire of God in their congregation in the midst of the people. And that's just where I stand. You could do whatever you're going to do. But I'm telling you, that's not how I'm rolling today. Now, you say, why do you have such passion about this? Let me give you another article. All this just stirred me up this weekend. I knew I had to talk about this. Look at this article. This is from MSN. Young, look at this title. Actually, it's from the Telegraph. Redistributed by the MSN. Young sacrifice believe in God on altar of Satanism. In other words, the younger generation are abandoning their belief in God and turning to Satanism. What? In the United Kingdom, where this came out of, now we're going to go outside of America, but it's happening in America too, guys. It's not just America. But again, but we're still in the West here, okay? As the global order of Satan UK, as well as other leaders and members of satanic groups around the world insist, it would be difficult to spot a Satanist walking down the street. Yet, while the macabre occult rituals, virgin sacrifices, chalices of blood and belief in the actual devil are a thing of the past. Yeah, okay. Anyway, Satanism is luring increasing numbers of young people disillusioned with, now I'm going to give you the quote from this article, outdated and dogmatic traditional religions to join its fold by offering an alternative to, quote, stuffy traditional faiths. Now, why would they say that? Do you know what they are? Do you know what kind of indictment that is against the church? What they're saying is, that the majority of young people are abandoning the house of God because the house of God has turned into a dead, dried up, three-ring circus. Let me say that again, because I didn't stutter. The majority of churches in the West have become... A den of thieves, a house of abominations. You've got everything in the house of God, but the Holy Spirit and God Himself. You've got transgenders in the house of God preaching behind the pulpit. You've got open homosexuals preaching behind the the pulpit. You've got lesbians preaching behind the pulpits. You've got you've got people that don't even believe in God that are the pastors. And you've got these, I I don't even want to call them sheep, they're goats in the congregation that obviously don't know the Bible, don't know the word of God, don't have the Holy Spirit. Because my goodness, if you did, how in the world are you not running as fast as you can out of these churches? Then you've got denominations that once were known by, you could name the denomination, and they were once known for having the Holy Ghost and fire. And you knew that you could go to any one of these churches of this denomination anywhere in America, and you, you would know, you knew that if you showed up, then God was going to be in the house. But that's just not the case anymore. Although, and then you, and you say, And listen, we can give some credit to some of these denominations. They may not have these openly professed people behind the pulpits that are practicing abominations according to God's word but listen it's still turned into a it's still a three ring circus they have every every antic every bell every whistle every circus antic available to allure people and attract people but they have no Holy Ghost moving in the church they can't discern that there's demons in the church they can't discern that people's got bondages addictions they they need deliverances they need set free they've got infirmities come on are you hearing what i'm saying to you today they're just going through the motions punching the clock in and out in and out like herds of cattle in and out 11 o'clock sharp 12 o'clock dull and then we wonder why our kids don't want to pay attention in the church they they're bored to tears listen you get your kids in a real environment that is conducive that for the holy spirit to move that they allow the holy ghost to move and he is permitted to move in the church touching people's lives healing people with nobody touching them, people being healed, people being delivered, demons being expelled from people without anybody touching. Why? Because the worship is 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 touching heaven. People are praising and touching heaven. People are pressing in. They're piercing the veil, going into the Holy of Holies. God is moving in the mist and we're seeing people, come on, being delivered of all kinds of things. You get your kids in that atmosphere. I'm telling you, you will start seeing their life. Lives turned upside down I'm telling you, my kids my kids eyes light up when they get around older people and they get around I wish I could say younger people but I'm just saying I'm not seeing it as much, but they get around the older saints and the older saints begin to testify to them how they had cancer that God healed them of, how they had certain infirmities that God delivered them from. They were in bondage to alcohol or addictions or, or whatever the case of being, God totally delivered them and one service, one move of God and one encounter. And this lights a fire in them. So then they desire to come into the church when they're seeing people excited about praising and worshiping God. So listen to me, friends. I'm telling you, we are losing a we're losing a generation at a faster pace than I've ever seen. Year after year, it's getting worse and worse. It's getting darker. And he said, well, Brother Ricky, that is prophecy. Yes, it is. But listen, though it's going to get darker and though it's going to get worse, there will always be a remnant. As dark as it was in Egypt, there was still light in Goshen. They were still, even though they were dropping like flies in Egypt, they were still standing in Goshen. As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Now, I want to close with this today. I listen. If, if I could just get anything to you today, I implore every mother, every father, and every grandparent that's listening to me today. I, I, I wish that I could express the urgency of my voice today. In words that I could articulate, but I cannot. If there was anything that I have as an urgency to you today, we owe it to our kids and our grandkids. It may cost us friends in a denomination. It may cost us friendships in a church that we've known for years and years and years. It may cost us relationships in our family and our uh, whatever. It's going to cost us something. But I don't know about you, but I am willing to lay anything it needs. to. Uh, I have got to be willing to lay anything on the altar to preserve my children. I have a seven-year-old going on eight and a 14 going on 15. It is imperative that they experience the fullness of God, whatever that means. I hope this is resonating to you today. And listen, I'm telling you, Paul, if you go to the New Testament, Paul poured out to Timothy. I want to talk to every individual. If you are a parent and a grandparent, I want to give, I want to make the, you, you give the expression of the Apostle Paul. You, the, you're the example of the Apostle Paul. To your Timothy. Now your Timothy may be your sons and daughters. They may be your grandsons and granddaughters, depending on who's listening today. It is, listen, we have a mandate to pour into them. It is, we have to, it's time for us. Listen, I'm, I'm realizing now that I'm edging up to almost 50 years of age. My focus is no longer about me. Listen, I can get in the word of God. I can open my Bible and I can get in a devotion and man, I can experience the presence of God. I can put on worship. I can be anywhere. I can be in my house, my basement, in the woods, out at the boat, whatever. Just me and God, I could do this. But guys, I'm telling you, we, our children, our grandchildren are looking up. Come on, the Timothys are looking up to the the, the Pauls. The spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers to lead by example. Are we going to show them that it's okay to live and die in? the cycle of bondage going around and around and around the same mountain and going on the same hamster wheel year after year after you're punching your religious card, doing your religious duty and never experiencing what this Bible said that we could experience the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you and I and quickens our mortal body. Is it expedient for me to go into the father? Because once I go into the father, the same miracles that you see in me ye shall do and likewise and even greater shall you do that's what the word of God says we either believe it or we don't and I'm telling you there don't give up hope don't lose faith there's still a remnant in the land and listen and it's and it's time to invest in our children and grandchildren focus on passing that baton to them raise and train them up in the way in which they should go because there's coming a time again it's going to get darker it's going to get worse it's going to get more perilous but I'm telling you that the word of God says that when they get older they will not depart from it because once they've experienced the real Holy Ghost and they've experienced a real move of God They, the, no wonder the Bible says taste of the Lord and see that He is good because once you've tasted of the fullness of the Lord there is not a drug that can replace that there's not a drink that can be put in a bottle that can replace that there's nothing you can put in a needle there's nothing that you can roll up and some rolling papers that can replace that there's not a woman there's not a man in a relationship that can replace that. There's not a video game that can replace that. Nothing can replace that in their life if they get that encounter with God and it's up to you and I to, to to create an atmosphere that's conducive for them to experience that road to Damascus encounter to experience that encounter that's going to turn and flip their lives upside down amen so listen let me pray for you endtimeheadlines.org endtimeheadlines.com we have a free app downloaded today it's available on Apple it's available on Android if you're watching the screen right here again um, it's it's free just download it push yes to push notifications. you're gonna be notified of every headline and every podcast when it's readily available and uh we again if this ministry blesses you uh and encourages equips you on a week-to-week basis and you would like to pray about becoming a monthly partner you can do that uh easily um you can give electronically through the app or through the main website again right there on your screen if you're listening about apple or spotify Again, if you go to the main website, endtimeheadlines.org, endtimeheadlines.com, you can give electronically there. If you have our app, go all the way to the bottom to the right where it says donate, click there. If you wish to get by, check your money order, make it out to Intime Headlines, P.O. Box 1391. That's Monroe, Georgia 30655. I want you to stick around for the blessing. I'm going to pray a blessing over you. I want every parent, every father, mother, husband, wife single mother single father grandparent whatever if you have a baton what is the baton you have a prayer life that you need to pass down you you have a testimony you need to pass down you have a f- the fire burning on the inside of you because you've experienced a radical encounter with the god of heaven and it burns on the inside of you, and you've been burning for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, it's time to invest that and pass that baton to your children. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask and I include myself into this prayer. Lord, I lift up my hands right now in a universal sign of surrender. God, I lay my life down to you and to your kingdom purpose for you to use me for your glory for my children. God, I want to express the fullness of you and express the fullness of your word and the spirit of God in their lives I want to see I want them to see me sold out to you I want them to see a mother and father that they have that have a radical prayer life a a radical life of fasting a radical life of, uh, uh, of of devotion to you and praise to you and worship to you Lord I want them to see that we can praise you in the good and the bad no matter what we go to no matter what we experience no matter what tribulation comes what trials come and what encounters we may experience i want them to see us and how we handle that lord prepare us help us to be the parents and the grandparents that we need To be examples unto them. And train them up in the way in which they should go. Lord, help give us the grace to pass that baton down to the next generation. Let us invest in them. Let us teach them how to pray. Teach them how to walk with God. Teach them how to fast. Teach them how to seek the Lord with all of their heart. That the Lord may be found by them. Lord, help us to be examples unto them. As Paul told Timothy. Paul said to Timothy, be ye an example in word and spirit and in conduct and in everything that they do in Jesus name God will give you the glory will give you the honor I pray now father we give you our children our grandchildren and we say use them for your glory use them for your kingdom father I ask that they would burn brightly I ask that they would operate in the power of the Holy Ghost they would be filled with the spirit of God filled with wisdom that you would raise them up to be like Joseph and Daniel and Shadrach like Meshach and Abednego, and they would purpose in their hearts that they would not defile themselves with the culture of this world, with the with the age of this world, the present, tent, the spirit of this age, the God of this world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That Lord, they would be consecrated and set apart for your kingdom. Lord, I pray they be faithful in every venue. Lord, I pray that they would not be bound by drugs or alcohol or pornography or things that would lure them or pull them away from your will and your purpose for their life in Jesus' name. God, I pray that they would be sanctified and set apart for your kingdom. They would be full of the Holy Ghost, that they would have the gifts of the Spirit operating in them, that they would see, experience, and walk in divine miracles, signs, and wonders in Jesus' name. God, may you raise them up to be light and salt in their school, In their universities, in their jobs, everywhere the soles of their feet tread upon. May no weapon formed against them prosper in Jesus' name. Oh, may they do great exploits in Jesus' name, God. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Father. We receive it today for our children in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Listen, I hope this, uh, I know some of you guys thought he was going to get an update, but you've got a preaching message today so but that's okay we're led by the spirit of god that's what we're going to do and I believe it's going to be I I believe somebody got blessed today somebody got equipped today so give the God the glory give him the praise Uh, it's not about brother Ricky I just want to be a conduit for him I want to be uh, receptive to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to me and through me to you guys as well so listen we're going to sign off for today Uh, we'll be back tomorrow which is Tuesday January 17th it will be yours truly's birthday and I will be here tomorrow uh for another podcast and then we'll be off wednesday and we'll be back on thursday and friday as well so until then may the lord bless you keep you and may his countenance shine upon you don't forget to subscribe hit the like button and follow us on whatever platform you're in so god bless you guys we'll see you tomorrow thank you for listening to the end time headlines podcast we pray that you've been blessed and equipped by today's message for more information about how you can help partner with our ministry please visit endtimeheadlines.org